Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the only podcast that has done this 299 times before. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And God save the king, gentlemen. Uh, it's episode 300 uh, for us here. Um, as Bill's, I Bill's Mafia, ready your breakfast, need hearty. For tonight, we dine in hell. <laughs> or we, or we just fired up. cast. All right, yes. I got the 300 right. quote out of the way. Now we can continue with. Very good. I was gonna, I, w- I was gonna say, as, as, as you know, grumpy old men, we, we, we fit the mold of not really wanting to do very much for the 300. Like if we were influencers or like any, you know, like Scott's wife or any, we, we would have like been pushed to like take some like excitement about this, and instead it's like nope, just 300 days at the office because that's what you guys pay for. Scott, any any feelings on we, we have? <clears throat> no, I mean, that's the, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing. I mean, to be fair, if if it was our yeah, our 300th day at this point, it is it is what it is. Like, there is no like the hundred you're we're well past platinum in the Jubilee <laughs> episodes. So, yeah, I mean, if the queen had lived to be 300 at that point, yeah, what do you do for the 300th year of her reign? Like, you like you 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 already blew all the doors off for 200 so mm-hmm. you can't there's no other level to go to so what we've feel already bad. Was, I do feel bad she didn't get to stick around for for today's episode it really you know I'm sure I she, think she hears it okay think well that's good then you know maybe she does yeah up in up in monarchy heaven where they have podcasts <laughs> okay what if, if there's no podcast monarchy heaven why even be a monarch yeah what's well, the point really if I might offer one of my Frank-like transitions, speaking of <laughs> kingly performances and royalty, the Buffalo Bills dethroned uh, the Los Angeles Rams, which I think means they've now won the Super Bowl. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. say yes. for sure. It's like uh, with the WWE, you used to have to win the King of the Ring tournament, but then you just had to beat the guy who became king, and you took over the crown, like when Macho right. and Randy Savage beat King Duggan and became Macho King Randy Savage. Yes. King Duggan, what a failure. I mean, was that when he got busted for... We can't go down this road. We can't. Never mind. With the Iron Sheik? Yes, it was. Yes, okay. The Buffalo Bills won a football game. The first football game of the year, actually. They won it 31-10 to uh, in a way that it both makes total sense and at times made no sense that that was the score. Um, But a strong second half, certainly, uh, by the Bills' offense and defense. And there's weirdly, like, Paul, you sort of said it, like, it it felt like they should have scored 50. It Mm -hmm. felt like they were lucky to be tied at the half. It (laughs) felt like a lot. It felt like all the things. And they um, absolutely just dismantled the Rams, which uh, we'll get to them as a a strength of opponent uh, later. But uh, I'm going to put it this way. Is there very much to complain about with this performance? Not really. I mean, the turnovers, I guess, it'd be the one thing you could complain about with this the performance. more than the interceptions, even. Right. The one was, the one was like, absolutely, Isaiah McKenzie just about handed the ball to right. the rim, you know. Which uh, was hilarious, because yeah. when, when the, on the interception to Crowder, it was actually Josh's fault. You and I were texting back and forth, almost in amazement, like, oh, wow, Josh Allen made a mistake. Like, that all of a sudden is big news. Yeah. Like, when you're playing such a perfect game that you make one mistake where you throw the ball 
a bit late on, on a crossing route and all of a sudden it's picked. Um, no, I felt like that, boy, that I don't want to go in too deep into my game analysis for this, but it was, you know, what a, what a debut for Ken Dorsey. Well, see, but you should, because th- that was my transition that is the, for your that's game cute. analysis. Great. All right. Yeah. Well, then good. I'm going to go into it. Uh, it's okay. We've only been doing this 300 times. It isn't, but it was a kind of that subtle, like, you just want my thoughts off the top. Are we diving in? Uh, yeah, did you see how is, I did that, though? That was that was so the audience, it feels really natural for them. Right. Um, this like is why, this. why we haven't won the Emmys yet. I guess right. I got to get used to these transitions after, you know, tw- nine years, ten years. Exactly. All right. So, again, what a debut for Ken Dorsey. Uh, Leslie Frazier uh, called a great game on defense, even though Scott Wadham fired at the end of the season, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, but, boy, you couldn't ask for a better called game in terms of utilization there. Uh, when Frank and I were messaging, you know, we we know we couldn't really criticize any of his play calls, which granted was before the fourth quarter when he was still having Josh Allen run the ball and designed runs with a 21 point lead. But up until then, I didn't really question any of his play calls. A really great design having Allen get that ball out the fastest he has during his career. I think his average was something like 2.37 seconds after snap. Um, he did such a great job of taking what the the defense gave him. For the first two and a half, three quarters, then they started to sneak up to try and get some of these, you know, short routes. Boom, you hit uh, Davis over the top. Boom, you hit Stephon Diggs over the top for a TD. You start finding those things. It's almost a perfectly planned and near flawlessly executed performance. Save the fumbles. So, yeah, James Cook, inauspicious start to your NFL career when you fumble your mm-hmm. first NFL carry. Zach Moss, who I thought had performed well in the preseason and even seemed to, you know, have a start off the game fairly well putting it on the ground again, not helping his cause. I think one thing I would want to see going forward is definitely more Devin Singletary. Uh, I think he played a hundred percent of the snaps in the AFC title game or in the divisional round against Kansas city for a reason. Uh, you're not going to have, it's the last year of his contract. You might as well see what you got in him and, and let him, you know, go out and hopefully have more of an impact on the game. Cause I was really impressed with his running. And yeah, as much as I've talked about the offense on the defensive side, uh, you know, we talked about, I mentioned Frazier's good defensive game plan. They forced a lot of third and longs. I think they made the Rams look like a disaster and I don't think they will be, you know, Frank and I kind of debated a bit are the, maybe the Rams just aren't going to be that good this year. I think they will be that good. I think the bills just had a great plan in place. We did not talk much at all during the game about Christian Benford or Kyrie or Dane Jackson. And I will take that as a very good sign that I wasn't noticing them. Um, Cooper Cup put up his numbers. No, no surprise to anyone, and he always does. So I'm fine with him putting up the numbers if we're going to beat them by 21 points. Um, and just a special, I don't want to mention a specific player because I'm thinking it's going to be one of Scott's three stars, so I won't. Um, but yeah, what a game. Milano looked like a beast. We'll keep an mm-hmm. eye on Oliver's ankle, but this was the most enjoyable opener we've had in quite some time. Yeah, Scott, go for it. I um, Cooper Cup's numbers really quickly. Uh, 13 catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. And that was kind of it for the Rams, really, other than a, a, an errant field goal. But, um, Scott, you watched the game after we did, and, and uh, so I, I look forward to kind of your thoughts from from uh, your perspective there, which is why I ask you. Sure. Okay, so should I start talking now? I think that if you just take, like, one second and then you start talking, that'll be <laughs> the best time for you to start talking specifically about your thoughts about the football game. Okay, got it. So this is the part of the podcast where I talk about the game. Got it. Yep. Okay. So, uh, yeah. No, I think it was uh, it was a good game. Um, <laughs> is that some good analysis for you? Thanks no, a lot, think, Scott. We're 
<laughs> Back to you in the studio. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it was, um, I think, yeah, to go back to the original question of like, what what could get better? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the biggest thing that I kind of like, strategically I'll start off with like, this kind of shows like, you have to still play every game and try and like execute every game. I think the Bills very well could be a better team than they were last year, obviously with the addition of Miller. Um, I think obviously the secondary is, we'll still see how that shakes out. Though early returns, you know, obviously very good. Um, but there's certainly a good chance this team could be better, which means that their margin of error for playing a, a, a garbage game and still getting a W out of it is 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 higher. Like you're you have a, a more of a margin for doing that. But if you turn the ball over and you're sloppy and you <clears throat> aren't paying attention, then you can lose a game that you were otherwise should dominate or are dominating. Um, or it can get to a point where one bad call or a crazy play goes against you, and then yes, you've had the loss. And that to me just kind of speaks to kind of like what we're what we're doing right now, you know, as fans. Like obviously we're excited. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are pumped up, and you know, I'm pumped up. I already picked them to win the Super Bowl um, in a kind of very dry analytic method, not because I'm emotionally attached to the team at all. Um, and I think it just it just is a good reminder that like there's 16 more games to go in the regular season and we have to you know it is a it is a it is a methodical approach to the season that the team has to take i think i think mcdermott is good in the sense that he is the kind of guy who is not going to get too up or down he's going to be all about the process and making sure that they understand they have to go out and do this every week obviously that only goes so far because he was the same coach last year when again they lost to jacksonville they lost opening week to the steelers um two teams that they probably on on balance had better capabilities in um, so it just shows that you have to kind of bring it every week. And I think the Bills are capable of doing that, certainly, but it is a mental thing. It is not something that you can just kind of assume will happen. And they're going to have to do that because it is important to getting the, getting the things where we want to go, getting into the playoffs healthy, getting, um, getting into the playoffs, getting the playoffs healthy, getting to the, getting to the Super Bowl, getting home field advantage, which will pay the way there. Um, so yes, those are the kind of generic broad thoughts in terms of specific things about the game. Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll cover some of this in the three stars, but yeah, it's it's very hard to kind of pick on anybody. Um, obviously, other than the people who were turning the ball over, and obviously Allen still had a great game otherwise, so it's not him. Um, obviously, with uh, Cook and Moss, uh, McKenzie to a lesser extent, you still are, you know, McKenzie's a veteran. He, you know, that was a bang bang play. You can't really hang him up too much for that. Um, Cook, obviously a, a rookie, you know, could kill him for that. Moss, you know, he, he, you know, I don't know what Singletary was running really well in this game, and I'm pretty pleased with how well he's doing. So I'm not sure how much Moss needs to be on the field. Cook at least gives you something different than Moss does, and and I don't know what the skill set that Moss is bringing to the team right now that Singletary isn't. Um, so that's a little frustrating. Um, I think I think I'll be interested to see what happens with the tight end position going forward. Obviously, Knox didn't get a lot of 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 run um, in terms of targets. Um, you know, yeah, I think just one target, two, right? One target, one catch. Two targets, two targets, one catch. One catch. Um, so again, that to me, that just means there's room to grow on this offense because that means that 
we were able to put 31 points on the board without Dawson Knox really having a big role. Um, and then on the defensive side, yeah, I mean, obviously the Rams are kind of going through a, a transition now with OBJ out and um, Allen Robinson in. Um, but at the same time, like they're not a bad, they're not a bad offense. You know, that's not a huge step, step backward in terms of personnel. Um, and obviously McVay is a good coach. So the fact that they were able to hold the Rams to 10 and really, really pretty much dominate everybody except the, the Cooper Cup, who's obviously a really good, you know, kind of all pro talent at wide receiver. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super good. I was really excited to see the defensive line look as good as they did. Um, I think I'll just end on that saying like, obviously Von Miller kind of the, that's that that is exactly how the game how the Miller acquisition was supposed to change. It puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the Rams' offense to change how they're operating because now they have to shift protections to Miller. If they don't, then he gets sacks. If they do, that puts one-on-one matchups for people like Oliver and Jordan Phillips um, who can get who can win one-on-ones, you know, enough to let you get seven sacks on that stack over the course of the game. And then in general, you're putting them under more pressure. To, to then leave the pressure on the your kind of young corners who are able to kind of hang in for the first time. Paul, well, slightly hit the microphone. Oh, Frank. Yes, I, I was just putting <laughs> that in the chat for Paul. Um, yes. <laughs> he was getting very heated. Sorry, yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> that was weird. Why was I breathing so heavily? I have no idea. I don't know. And I, I muted just... my mic during most of Scott's thing. You did. Oh, wow. You did. I'm it's not a Jeffrey. Anybody's wondering. It's not a Jeffrey Tubin situation here. Everybody has their pants on. So we're OK. And <laughs> we're just going to breathe like normal now. Right. I'm sorry for those of you want the inside glimpse. I did find out in the last three minutes. I've got to, after this podcast, head back to the office to do something. Oh. Um, so maybe it was the stress of that. I I'm literally think that's what that was. Right. right. Well, which doesn't I'm rush this podcast. I literally have to take. Uh, some swag. This is what our listeners care about. Take some swag and move it from uh, one colleague's office to an attorney's office so he can pick it up tomorrow morning. So it is a physical favor, as the kids say. Highly, highly paid professional. Paul. Yes. Highly paid physical favors. Scott. Yep. Um, <laughs> just gonna. Okay. I am gonna just briefly recap the, from the from the uh, like the bird's eye view some of the stuff I thought I, I pick up right where Scott left off on the defensive line. I mean. I felt like we finally got the defensive line we were paying for, uh, which mm-hmm. was nice. Um, you know, I, I think you can you can say that, you know, there's some uh, transition and stuff for the, the, the Rams, you know, it, they, but they they absolutely ate up Cam Akers and the rest of the rushing offense. Obviously, a bit of a bigger test coming up against the Titans for that. But that's what the Rams wanted to do. And then when they couldn't do that, it was Cooper Cup who in an old basketball sort of sense there you would just let Cooper Cup get his points and not let anybody else beat you and that's pretty much what they did to get seven sacks and be able to smother them like that uh was remarkable certainly I don't know that we've had a game like that in in the McDermott era and I think the more remarkable thing is no blitzes none of that was on a blitz all of that was pure pass rush which is what they want to do, but to have Leslie Frazier not even have to dial one up is remarkable, and it will be scary when they finally decide that they might want to blitz, and you're not waiting for it. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I think um, you know it depends on. I don't want to step on Scott's three star toes, but I think we'd be remiss to to not point out Christian Benefer's excellent play uh, for a rookie. Um, you know, 
again, going against, you know, a, a good, he wasn't up against Cooper Cup necessarily, but he was out there as a rookie with Kyrie Elam, and, and, and he's part of a defense that really, you know, they didn't have any answers for the Bills. The one drive they scored was like the weird, uh, you know, kick out of bounds drive at the at the in the second quarter, and that was it. There was nothing else. The the, the Rams couldn't do anything. And I think the other thing that was that made it feel so overwhelmingly Buffalo, despite the tie at the score, was there was really no sense of um, the Bills. Sorry, the Rams having any answers for the Bills other than. We talk about turnovers being a bit like lucky or unlucky. Um, and, and I think that was really sort of the case this time because it felt like the Bills just moved the balls at will other than when they dropped the ball and turned it over. Um, so, you know, definitely you need to clean that up. You know, James Cook, you know, might get his next carry against, I don't know, Pittsburgh or something. He's going to take a break here. Uh, I think you're right that Zach Moss might be duplicative, but I wonder if the if the Bills feel like, He's a good uh, counterbalance to single. Yeah, my my only dispute with Scott might be I would use him on some of those short yard situations. He seems to be able to take a bang and go, you know, three yards at a pop on some of these Leroy Horde style, where if you need two yards, we'll get you three. And if you need four yards, we'll get you three. So in those situations, I'm fine with him. But otherwise, I agree with both of you. I want to see Singletary out there more. I wonder if there's a room for a Devin Singletary extension, not because we need to be overspending on running backs and he's great, but because you, he's a known quantity and, and the, there is always a question of you would prefer sure hands for those times that you want to run the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but that's a question for much later down the, down the line. But I did think about that today. Like, yeah, he's in the contract year and we don't need to sign him to some blockbuster running back deal. But if he wants to stick around and make decent money and fit in on the team, he certainly is, you know, become very sure-handed overall, and that's probably what the Bills want most out of a running back is is somebody who they can count on to block properly and then not turn it over. And then lastly, yeah, I, I don't even think I thought about Ken Dorsey uh, until the game was basically over and I had realized I had no problems with any play calls. Um, that it did, you know, he just realized it didn't need to be difficult, that you had an excellent running quarterback who could throw the ball on a dime and, you know, despite, you know, the litany of excuses people try and make uh, for why Josh Allen is good, uh, he continues to defy all those things and just continues to be good anyway. And so, you know, Ken Dorsey didn't overthink it. And next thing you know, you've you've buried the Rams 31-10. I, I don't know that they're going to be great this year. They certainly are a different team. Uh, they've lost some talent. They were a four seed last year uh, that got you know, hot in the playoffs. Absolutely. They, they earned their Super Bowl victory, but we could look back at the Rams and be like, yeah, they're a good team. You know, we beat a real, we beat a good team, but you know, we're going to have some tougher matches than them coming up this this year. So that's that. Let's turn it over to our first three stars of 2022. Yay. And I'm going to, yeah. And we'll just, we'll just picture again. (laughs) Paul just, just mark it. I did say yay. That was intentional. Okay, but I will mute my mic so I yeah, can. I'll... It was a little before that. Too. It's okay. What is it? Yeah. I even put on Again, a little we're fuzzy. Working out the cakes. Oh. We're working on the cakes. It's fine. Um, so By episode 600, of... <laughs> we're going to have this in the bag, guys. So, okay, Scott. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Um, 
a lot of honorable mentions because there were so many good players players in this game. And I want to make sure that we're doing due diligence. I want to start with Sam Martin. Not asked to do a lot. Did not punt the ball. But nonetheless, held successfully on all of the field goal on the field goal and all the extra points. Two of which were two of which were iffy snaps, I will say. A hundred percent, even more so. So absolutely. Honorable mention, Sam Martin not being on the team. It's not it's not an easy thing. As we found out in the Cincinnati game, um, I think Mm -hmm. everyone just needs to like if, if, you know, for Cincinnati, but good for the rest of the league that you figured out who is our backup long snapper and how good are they? And are we comfortable with that plan? Because every team in the league this week gets a gimme on that and now gets to go back and figure out how to work that work that out so that they don't have what happens. Right. It was it was Epinesa last year, I know, mm-hmm. because the, the last preseason game, he snapped the whole game because Reed Ferguson was inactive. And I'm thinking like, OK, I'm noticing these snaps, which is not a good sign. But there was also no disaster. So, right. AJ, I know your pass rush has improved greatly. Keep working on that snapping. Keep working on the snap. Um, so, in addition, um, I will just call out the O-line. Uh, obviously, going up against Aaron Donald, multiple uh, All-Pro defensive defensive player of the year on you know three time, I think they said, and he had a, a sack, if I'm not mistaken, and that that there was not a jailbreak. Obviously, some of it was the the play calling, which as as Paul and everyone else was pointing out was was uh, was well done in terms of getting the ball out of there quickly. But some of it's also on the offensive line to give him the, the two and a half seconds or the two seconds that he does need to make it happen. Because there's plenty of times when Aaron Donald will just take that away from you too. But he wasn't able to. So it was nice to see the full offensive line after, again, I was, it's probably something I, 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 I don't know if I brought up um, and I kind of realized it seeing them all out there on Sunday, that that was the actual full offensive line for I think the whole, the first time since uh, even in the preseason, I don't think we had the full, because Spencer Brown was out for pretty much the whole preseason, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think that's nice to see. Um, we'll continue on with, also we will um, call out, I will give a Cooper Cup some, some yes, good game, I will mention, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I will give... Not a um, lot of Rams dig- are going to make, the, if Cooper Cup's not the third star... We're going all business. Yeah, no, he it was it was debatable whether he was going to get the third star. And I was like, it wasn't close enough of a game for them to really earn it. Like yeah. his, the rest of his team did not help him. He was the MVP. He was he was the MVP candidate on a three and thirteen team. Right. Not his fault. It's right. just the team. Um, so uh, Steph Diggs, uh, eight catches and one twenty two in a touchdown. Gabe Davis four and eighty eight in a touchdown. Um, the Western receivers also had a pretty good day, Isaiah McKenzie not standing, but <coughs> receivers generally doing a good job, but still just honorable mention. And let's see who else is on the list. Uh, oh, also on the list, uh, Rousseau and Phillips. Rousseau with one sack, Phillips with one and a half. Um, you can throw Basham and Epinesa in there with one and one and one half as well. Again, like we talked about, the defensive line, everybody's stepping up. Um, but we can get into the formal three stars part, and we still have a tie for the third star, which goes to um, two newcomers, Kyer Elam and um, Christian Benford, who did not look like they didn't belong in the NFL, which given that they were both rookies, 
and obviously Benford being um, an undrafted free agent. I forget who decided on him. I think he was sixth round. Six, right? Yeah, sixth, sixth round. round. Yeah, sixth round. Um, but certainly him, those two guys, obviously in a very high-profile spot. Yeah, I mean Cooper Cup got his catches, but like that was going to happen even with Trey White in there. Cooper Cup was going to get some catches. So it, you know you got to kind of be be realistic here. But they did not look like they lost on the field, and I think that's a huge confidence boost if they gone and gone and gotten torched in this first game by Allen robinson right. and that would have been a bad for the bills in this game but it could have had more long-term effects because now they're starting to second guess themselves i understand like that's something that gets beaten to you at, at a young age at cornerback of like hey you just got to go on to the next play you can't use short memory all that but you're you're in the nfl you're on a super bowl caliber team if you feel like you're letting the team down you're going to start feeling like you're you got to do better. You got to do more than just your job. And that's going to be, that's going to get in your head. So I'm glad that they didn't have that happen. I think it's probably going to have to happen at some point. They are going to have a bad game too much to expect them to be both, you know, you know, both be pro bowlers this year, basically. Um, so let's, let's assume that that's going to happen at some point. I'm glad that it didn't happen this game. So hopefully they'll have some good film that they can look at going forward for when they do eventually have a bad game. And we're like, Hey, they're first round, you know, first year rookie players. They're, they're going to have a bad game here. You can't, especially a corner in a very tough league and very passive. Second star, Von Miller. Welcome to the welcome to the the stars. I don't know if Von ever got one for his time in Denver. Probably would have gotten it for his time in LA. But, I'll I'll go back and listen to the the podcast recapping the Denver yeah. game. We'll have a definitive answer for you, listeners. The only thing I remember about him in Denver when they played the Bills was Tyrod Taylor has <laughs> tricked him into that. Uh, the, the, the finger, yeah, the helping him up thing. Then, yeah, then again, and then he got a 15-yard penalty, yeah. Uh, better memories than I, Frank and Paul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, four tackles, two sacks, and uh, another tackle for loss. Um, two QB hits as well. Miller just, again, like, this is, this is, this is uh, before the season – um, started, but after we signed him, I was thinking of the Reggie White kind of comparison, talking about, you know, a, a guy who comes onto a team that was already headed in the right direction, really just takes him to the next level. Um, I think we all knew that last year, yeah, they were the number one defense in the league um, by, I think, the yardage metric. Um, but the the challenge was that when it came down to it, they also gave up 53 points to Kansas City in a playoff game. Um, so that that makes it hard to really believe how much of those stats were the Bills offense kind of, you know, putting teams into bad positions where they were playing catch up and playing to the Bills defense strengths versus the Bills actually being a dominant kind of number one overall defense. This looked much more like a dominant number one overall defense because you had someone like Bob Miller kind of forcing the offense to plan around him, like I said. Um, and then uh, number one, not a, not a dominant number one. Because we've obviously seen him play better. The, the one interception was not great. Um, but but this was otherwise a, a pretty 91.2 QBR is not something that you see too often in the NFL. Josh has had some games where he's done better. But this was a, a pretty excellent game from Josh uh, with just the five incompletions on the 31 attempts. 297 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Again, one of the interceptions, uh, not really his fault. And then you put the, the 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown on there. Um, no fumbles. Um, helping me out. I'm back in a fantasy league this year. I had Josh Allen and Gabe Davis. 
So it's a nice way to start my fantasy yeah. season off with a big W. Um, you get those two carrying the load extra, for me. Do you get extra points for awesome stiff arms? Because that would, you know, it felt like That's he owned not, the game. It felt like he, like that was his game. Right, he's first star, and you're right. Stats-wise, he has performed better. But there are there are few games where I've looked at Josh Allen and been like, "That's all him. He made all of that happen in that particular way." Or, or am I just you know feeling rosy about the <laughs> most recent one? It's it was a good. I mean, no, I mean like it's kind of like you know I think that would be a fun you know assuming I get fired from my job from being terrible at some point in the next year. Of course. Next March, next March after the season's over, I can use the remaining time left on my game Game Pass subscription and pick out the 10 best like Josh Allen games. And it'd be interesting to see, would this be in like the top 10? Because it could be. I wouldn't say it's probably not in the top five, but it could be so far a top 10 Josh Allen game, given given a bit of the stakes and the and the kind of the, the everything going on you know, the, the, the opening night, all that stuff. But like you could put both of the playoff games last year in uh, above that game in terms of stats. And yeah. They might be one, two. Some of that. Yeah. They might be. It, one it's very two. well. Could be. Yeah. They, they both do have a high, they had both a, a, Q, a higher QB rating, both the playoff games of one fifty seven six and one thirty six versus the one twelve put up on last. <laughs> that's yeah. That's just bonkers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that, those are your three stars. Yeah, we're, we're really splitting hairs at this point. Right, right. Thank you once again for your for your dedication to this this segment, which really helps us put the games in perspective. I would like to go quickly around the league because Paul prepared the the notes for me, um, so <laughs> I'm happy to do it. Um, we also are going to talk about some injuries. The, the only injury for the Bills is uh, Ed Oliver, who rolled his ankle, but he went right back. He not right. He went back out onto the field after that. So I would imagine that there's no real concern about whether he'll play in Tennessee or not. Um, but I'm sure he'll be on the injury report. But around the league, um, the two games, sorry, I, I tried to watch as much of Miami over New England as I physically could stomach. That was a pretty <laughs> awful game. Um, Miami won it handily. And I think that says more about how bad New England is than anything good that Miami does. Uh, neither McCorkle Jones or Tua Tagovailoa really impressed with anything they did. Um, they were, they were both pretty bad. Um, I'm going to read through them and then I'll let Paul and Scott sort of discuss what they want. Uh, Pittsburgh over Cincinnati in overtime, one of two games tied at 20 in regulation. Uh, that one had a, 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 was one of a handful of games that had a couple of, of interesting twists and turns. Uh, most notable out of that is TJ Watt getting injured. Um, but you know, two AFC teams, so it's important to keep their, their, their records in, in order. Uh, my friend, the Tennessee Titans fan, she was not thrilled uh, that the <laughs> Giants beat Tennessee. It looked like it looked like Tennessee was going to win. And then the Giants came back on them pretty hard. And I said, well, uh, the good news is maybe your second week opponent will be a bit easier. And she did not care for that joke. <laughs> uh, uh, Seattle over Denver. Uh, if you have Russell Wilson and it's fourth and five. Uh, <laughs> You and you're and you're at your own and you get the forty seven yard line also. And you've paid this guy God knows how much money. Uh you know, you know, not to Sean Watson money, but they were supposed to let Russ cook and instead they went for a sixty plus yard field goal. And apparently 
missed it on the timeout. And so they had the chance to, they had a second chance at like, well, let's run it, run a play, forget it. Um, so Seattle beats Denver, uh, New Orleans over Atlanta, Indian Houston tie. Uh, so who's there? It's Matt Ryan now, not Carson Wentz. It was, it like, was Lovey Smith's. Yes. Lovey Smith's kind of surrender punt for all time. Yeah. Uh, I have he is a so little confidence of death. I so little confidence in my team. Like that, oh. I mean, that does make Sean McDermott's decision to punt against Indianapolis in the snow game a few years ago look positively bold compared to essentially punting where you're not going to get the like at least the Bills could get the ball back in that situation and did in one. Like Lovey Smith punts that knowing we're not going to see the ball again, so we're just going to hope for a tie or a pick six. That's all that can come out of this. I think the only thing else I would mention uh, with regards to this week one, Ravens did beat the Jets. They they mm. struggled at the start, but Lamar Jackson pulled it together. Um, looked very looked fine. Looked good. Uh, the Chiefs blew out the Cardinals. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a great game, unless you're PFF, in which case, for some reason, he was the eighth best quarterback. <laughs> Just absolutely need to rework your model there, friends. Kyler Murray. Sorry if there was a bit of schadenfreude in the fact that I enjoyed Kyler Murray failing so fucking hard uh, on, on Sunday uh, and the Chargers beat the Raiders uh, and they're going to be an AFC, um, uh, you know, team to be thinking about at some point too. I think that's, I think that's like the only things that games that are, are really important to the yeah. in any way. Um, Paul, did you have anything else you wanted to take away from the, the, uh, yeah, I think the, 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 the takeaways for me, are I feel good about the division. I mean, I did before. Yeah. I feel especially good after that. I watched most of the Jets-Ravens game, at least the last three quarters of it. And yeah, the Jets hung in for a while, but with Flacco helming the offense, who is arguably no worse than Zach Wilson at this point in their respective careers, you know, they, they weren't able to do, <laughs> excuse me, they weren't able to do much. So, you know, they weren't going to be a threat to begin with. I know Tua's numbers looked okay for Miami, but I watched a bit of that game too, and it was not really that impressive. I had one good pass, which was mainly a uh, run after the catch by his receiver. I think it was Waddle uh, that led to touchdown, but they didn't put up many points over a Patriots defense that the Bills didn't exactly struggle with. And I think, you know, New England's a bit of a mess. And then, yeah, I mean, you you covered all the other high point games. I put New Orleans Atlanta on there just because we won't talk about it, but Look up what, yeah. it, for anyone who has a, the opportunity to look at, just watch the last two and a half minutes of that game. Just yeah, treat Fad, it It was insanity. Fad, Fad Brown from Rochester on Twitter had a really good recap of that. He just sort of said, yeah. we aren't talking about this game, but everyone should know how it <laughs> ended. And I agree. I, I also like, yeah, I mean, I think if you're the Bills, and Scott, you might want to comment on this. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it over to you. But if you're watching, if you're the Bills watching Patriots Dolphins, maybe you're salivating a little. Like the Patriots could be a well and true tire fire for the ages. Um, I, I, I'm excited to think about what they might be able to do against those two teams for fun. I, I, I mean, I think we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think that the problem is, is that when you get into the division games, they are, you sure. Sometimes you can get, you know, huge blowouts like the Bills have trashed the Dolphins at various points in the years, and the and the the Bills have trashed the Patriots in the more recent years. The Patriots have trashed the Bills through the years, and then you go into some of these division games and you throw the records out, and it just you're locked in some sort of gladiator slugfest for some reason with no reason, and you can't explain why. Well, why are we losing to the Patriots in the fourth quarter of this game? 
oh, the wind's 50 miles an hour and Josh Allen can't throw the ball. Like sometimes that weird stuff happens in these division games. So you're still going to probably win the division, but you're still going to have to sweat through. We're going to have to sweat at least two of these divisions. Like, we had to sweat the Jets in the fin- yeah we had to sweat the Jets in the finale last year so yeah divisional games are their own thing exactly so I, I agree I think we're gonna win the division I'm not really worried about that but it is still uh, but yeah I mean in terms of the Bills like yeah if you're a fan by all means get excited about how terrible the Patriots are gonna be this year and that they they may not make five hundred like that's something to be happy about. But, 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 like, obviously the Bills, it's, they have to treat We'll continue with Bill Belichick's sub-500 record without Tom Brady. Um, okay. Uh, injuries, there we are. Uh, Dak Prescott, he's out six to eight weeks. It, would, it, would it be an NFL season if he wasn't injured, <laughs> that poor bastard? Um, Kyle Fuller, cornerback for the Ravens, a little more pertinent to the Bills. Uh, he is out for the season with an ACL tear. Um, and TJ Watt may be as big, certainly probably bigger for, you know, the Steelers. At least six to eight weeks. Um, oh, sorry, is undetermined. That's right. Originally, they were talking about surgery, which would end his season. Now they're saying he might not. But I think the consensus is he's not back in time to play Buffalo. Um, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think it's going to be at least half a season, is my impression. Yeah, that's what I had been hearing, too. Six, seven games minimum. Mac Jones, uh, I now was now reading, uh, I was going to say now being told, like I'm Adam Schefter. Uh, <laughs> but what I was seeing was that it was just like tightness, and he should be all fine to go ahead and lose more games this year <laughs> for New England. Um, so, you know, two of those uh, injuries very, you know, quickly upcoming here. Uh, for the Bills, games that, you know, the, the Bills should catch both of those teams, um, obviously, with the injuries. Dak Prescott, less important, other than he might end up, it might affect some game he plays against a common opponent with the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, much more interesting as far as the NFC East is concerned. And we've already discussed Ed Oliver on the Bills, who, you know, said he basically, sounds like he rolled his ankle and it was pretty stiff, but he was able to play. And so if he was able to yeah, if they were if they were willing to roll him back out there in what was already kind of a, a foregone conclusion against the Rams, I would really be surprised if suddenly he can't play against the Titans uh, on Monday night. Um, you know, given the even extra couple of days off that he should have. Um, so you know, that's that's it for injuries. Um, I yeah, think- and I think Fuller and Watt are the two that will benefit the Bills the most because imagine. I, I worry about the Ravens defense whenever we play them, but without Fuller, I'm like a little, I'm still a little worried, but you know, I think you're going to have some advantages you can take of in their secondary because they're the one team in the playoffs that's been able to shut down Josh in recent years. Right. Should we go to, let's go to, uh, I'll read some listener questions. Let's take a look. Sure. Uh, if you want to go down to Steven's comments four days ago, that's kind of where it starts. Okay. I count his questions. Steven's great because Steven knows you don't have to wait for us to ask. Right. You can just start saying stuff. Uh, Steven, Singletary was crushing it and then just seemed to disappear. Moss started getting all the first down touches. Thought he was supposed to be short yardage and goal line running back. The offensive coordinator needs to stop calling QB runs when the game <laughs> is in hand. Allen needs a refresher in sliding. Um, and the defense almost outshined the offense. That Those were Steven's comments. I, I agree with that last one. 
I don't have a problem with Josh Allen running it late in the fourth quarter. I'm I just feel like you gotta play the game. And I think you're you could you could you could do more damage not playing your game. You know what I I don't know what else to say about eh, that. I, I might be with Steven on that one personally. I would rather if if the game is in hand and you've you know, protect your asset. He is the asset. So that's that's my thinking. If, but I get your if you can't if you can't slow him down, take him out. Right. I, Put I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, if I, I don't Keenan, think that. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think Case Keenan is going to throw three interceptions on three consecutive drives to lose you the game. Like, if you mm-hmm. send him in there with the express thing of like, don't do three straight interceptions, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then that, I mean, like that makes it clear to Josh, like on some level, like, look, if you can't, like, we we understand you're a warrior, and if you if this is the only way you know how to play. Fine. We will just take you out of the fourth quarter <laughs> and you don't have to you, you can stew on the sidelines and get annoyed and be mad at me. But don't fucking I mean like I, I get it. Like he is like I, I enjoy the kind of like the mythos of him as like a minotaur and <laughs> you know or kind of whatever whatever kind of mythic beast that you want to make of him. But he's not. He's still a human being and yeah. all it takes is him getting dragged down getting forced collared at the wrong angle, the wrong running play. If it's in some BS fourth quarter, you know, thing like that happens, then we're all, then, you know, goodbye Super Bowl. It's just that, it's just that simple. So yeah, I'm fine with, with being annoyed about it and like, and, and, and making adjustments to make sure it doesn't. I wonder if Steven, with regards to the running backs, I mean, they were converting first downs really fast and maybe Moss wasn't getting as many touches as they had hoped and so they brought him in I I think they treat their running backs a little bit like they treat their defensive players where they kind of are hoping to just sort of rotate them in and not really think too much about this guy's back one and this guy is back two oh you're you're definitely I mean I was just gonna make a point earlier that Devin Singletary has 503 career carries in his first two seasons with the Bills Marshawn Lynch had 530 so they like to rotate, and Singletary's been healthy almost the whole time. It's just that they like to rotate these guys. Um, Brian uh, Punt and Lars are both commenting on Jalen Ramsey, uh, basically posting a prayer <laughs> after <laughs> the game, and uh, um, you know, saying that you know he, he's a, uh, you know, that's it looks like he got himself a good dose of Allen and Diggs, uh, you know, so that that's true. Um, there's some guy named Frank who said it's kind of annoying that New England or Miami will likely be the technical AFC East leader on Sunday as one would have a division win. If they tie, it could be the Bills, but a Jets AFC win over the Ravens would also put them ahead of the Bills. Could be as low as third, which is where they are. Yeah. Um, and or no, second. Got, it's Miami, Buffalo. Sorry, second. Yeah. Right. They could have been as low as third. Josh, uh, Josh Boland from, from LA, I believe, who has very nice uh, football cards. Um happened to point out that this you know we got to make sure to send that to mcdermott because he'll he'll uh he'll use that as bulletin board material uh nolan question from john matrix there uh yeah congrats on our upside i think that's the next one is john yes congratulations to you guys my question is zach moss back or do you think his use has had more to do with cook fumbling good that's a great question yeah um because i i I can't know. I, I have to think some of it has to do with Cook fumbling because Cook absolutely rode the pine. I think he was in two other plays 
the rest of the game and, and not till much later. So I'm guessing that he was he was there. But, you know, Moss has been around long enough to know that, like, you know, you, you, you mess up and you, there's a very short leash for for replaceable people um, on the team. And if they feel like, you know, there's a handful of people that can do your job, you're going to sit. And, uh, you know, Devin, it's happened to Devin Singletary and Zach Moss before. So, yep. Um, and with Zach, it's a question of, like, we've all said we want to see Devin more. I get the Zach Moss love because he looked great in the preseason. On his first two carries of the Rams game, I thought he looked very, very good. I thought, okay, maybe this guy is back because we all, he universally agreed in the playoffs in twenty at the end of 2020 that Moss was playing better than Singletary and should be getting most of the snaps. And then, of course, he uh, had the injury and that he's just not been the same since. So, We'll see if how many more carries Zach gets. Well, we'll find out next week if he's a factor against the Titans or if he gets the uh, gets to ride the pine. To be fair, also it's a bit of a mixed message too that McDermott's. It's funny because Moss also fumbled, and mm-hmm. Cook has to ride the pine, but Moss gets to keep playing. So it is a bit weird. Well, Moss fumbled on the Bills' last offensive snap, so I think they probably. Was well, yeah, but that's yeah, what was because but then if the it's like the game, yeah, yeah. But then my question is, like, do you put in Singletary back in then? Because, like, forget it. He's the only one who's not fumbling. Do you put Taiwan Jones in uh, if the Bills get the ball back? Yes. A lot of interesting. More Taiwan Jones time. Taiwan Jones, I think, has one carry in all of his years with the Bills. Fine. Correct. Maybe right. two. Well, that was it for listener questions. Thank you once again for doing that with us. Paul, are you ready to give us some headlines? I am ready to roll. We've got... 14 headlines today so we are gonna fly <laughs> right through this hopefully you you guys are on the streak that you were on two weeks ago and yeah. we're done really fast um if not we got 14 <laughs> minutes to stay under an hour all right september 13th of 2020 bills place josh norman on ir elevate cornerback blank and defensive tackle justin zimmer to active roster versus jets Said Norman didn't practice all week and was ruled out on Friday for the game versus the Jets. The Bills have elevated second-year cornerback Blank off their practice squad. He'll provide some much-needed depth on the boundary at cornerback behind starters Tredavious White and Levi Wallace. Dane Jackson? Jackson. Not, not correct, but you're, you're on the right path. Teron Johnson? Nope, nope. Still looking for a boundary. Well, next, this is a guy... Actually, yeah, Teron Johnson's a good guess because briefly, Teron struggled. This guy came in to replace him as a starter at nickel cornerback, got hurt in the first quarter, and then Teron became the beast Teron became when he got back in the lineup. He's played 12 games for the Bills. He's made three starts. He's undrafted player in 2019 out of Buffalo. He's still on the roster. I believe he was a healthy scratch against the Rams. <laughs> I don't I know. Think, all right well the answer is cam lewis cornerback oh, hey, cam. cam lewis yeah. yes all right so, cam that's that's bad, well, bad job by me i'll remember you next time they'll write your name down all right 2019 we're going to keep up with the going down the cornerback the depth chart theme here uh bill's cornerback levi wallace goes down in practice thursday with apparent ankle injury that is the headline says the Bills are already thin at outside cornerback with just backup blank on the 53-man roster. Bills general manager said Brandon Bean said after the final cuts were made that nickel cornerbacks Teron Johnson and Saran Neal could swing outside in a pinch. Uh, Teron Johnson now resumed with a hamstring injury and his status for Sunday's game versus the Giants is already in question. 
This 2018, you said? 2019. Okay. It seems like Dane Jackson. No, this is a little before Dane Jackson. Um, this is a, a guy who was, he was a 21st, 15 first round pick by the Texans out of Wake Forest. He played his contract there, signed with the Bills as a free agent. Oh, uh, yes. I, I said EJ Gaines, but I don't. Oh, no. Good, good guess, though. He was around in that time. Yeah, he was gone and came back. Is it, is it Coleman? Was that his name? No, no. no. What was his he, name? He played in uh, 16 regular season games with one star, recording 36 tackles, five yeah. passes defended, and one sack. He did start the playoff game against the Texans because, remember, Levi Wallace got hurt in the finale that year against the Jets. He had nine tackles in the playoff game. Yeah, I know who this is, and, and uh, it frustrates me because I remember, yeah, like he was with the Texans for a long time. He got injured, yep. and then we brought him back on a deal where it was like, yeah, you know, if it works out, great. You know, if it doesn't, we only spent 2 or $3 million on it. Because you know, he had the he had the first round kind yeah, of yeah he was he was that one season rental guy and then yeah after the Bills they let him go after that in 2020 mm. he played for the Browns he actually started their playoff game against Kansas City and then he abruptly retired on June 4th of 2021. There's a legendary yeah, Phoenix Suns basketball player with this exact name. I say legendary like early 90s. Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. There we yeah, go. KJ. The Phoenix Suns hint brings it home. All right. 2018. Uh. The headline is, it's the right move for our team. Bills hand the keys to rookie QB Allen. Uh, I don't feel the need, honestly, to elaborate, McDermott said. We talk a lot in-house about our decisions and things that we've got to do in the right move at the Josh. right time. Yes. Josh, <laughs> right, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. We all know right. this is Josh Allen, but here's, okay. the, here's the, the question. It's the kind of move that occurs when General Manager Brandon Bean trades away the most experienced quarterback in training <laughs> camp, free agent blank, leaving just two QBs on the roster. So we're looking at Allen and Peterman were the only two on the roster because they traded this guy. Okay, so this is going to be like Kevin Cobb. <laughs> yes, we're going a little more recent than Cobb. Matt Castle. I'm going the wrong way now. Yeah. Cobb. <laughs> no, you're going the right way because Cobb was before Castle. And then this guy. Um, Matt Castle, Kyle Orton. Then after yeah. Kyle Orton, our experienced veteran quarterback was who? Um You've gotten as far as 2015 with Matt Castle. You're only three years away. Not Taylor, is it? No, it's a guy who never played a snap for the Bills, actually, because right. they traded for him and then traded him back. Oh, Larry, oh okay. Um, I'll give Scott the, the big hint. It was of, the Bengal. AJ McCarron. Bengals. AJ McCarron. You didn't even need the married to Catherine uh, Webb hint for a yeah. three-time BCS national champion. Good job, guys. All right, 2016, fullback time. Get your fullback hats on. Report Bills to re-sign fullback blank. Blank, 30, appeared in all 16 games last season for Buffalo with eight starts. He played 26% of the team's offensive snaps. He was among the team's final cuts as the Bills kept Glenn Gronkowski as their fullback. However, the Bills had no luck running the football in a 13-7 loss to the Baltimore Ravens so they could use all the help they can get. So this was a 2008 round five pick by the Lions out of Furman College, a Duran West Germany native who spent three seasons with the Lions and bounced around for a year before landing in Minnesota, made a Pro Bowl there in 2012, and then spent 2015 and 2016 with the Bills. Main blocker for Willis McGahee his first two seasons with the team. Before they brought in Patrick. Shelton was a little earlier than this. Before they brought in who? 
uh, before they brought in uh, DeMarco. DeMarco. I think, yeah, DeMarco was, uh, I think, 17, 18, and 19. This guy was 15 and 16. Wow, the silence is deafening. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give this one because I think there's a struggle here, so I won't, uh, I won't, I won't torture guys. Jerome Felton. Remember, yeah, remember Jerome? Remember him. All right. When well, I this one, Damian Shelton. I met Jerome. Jerome Felton. Yes, yes they are That's similarly true. named Bills fullbacks, so. Uh, I definitely give you half credit. Jonathan Linton also would have worked because that sounds similar too. <laughs> All right. Bill's receiver blank feels at home uh, again, playing for Doug Marone in Buffalo 2014. This is um, Doug Marone and blank disagree. It's not like before though, almost five years ago, the Bill's coach and wide receiver had an infamous disagreement at Syracuse that resulted in blank quitting the team. As Marone reflects on that time, having had the chance to work with Blank for a few months in Buffalo, he can't help but look back on that fall afternoon at Syracuse with a bit of regret. He says, I can't really, I really can't speak for Blank, but I would have done things differently. I would have handled things differently. Liar. <laughs> All right. So Syracuse alum. Yep. Kicked out of school there. For the yep. Bills. yep. He, uh, he'd signed a big deal with, I believe the, Tampa Bay Bucks, and then didn't really live up to that deal. And the Bills were able to get him in a trade without wide receiver. Yep. Mike Evans. No, no. But he was a Bucks receiver. He never really played with them. He never really played for the Bills, right? No, he he, he played a bit, but it was uh, sporadic. One season, uh, 19 targets, eight catches, 142 yards, and one touchdown. He had four seasons with Tampa Bay, two of which he went over 900 yards. So he was pretty consistent with them. But then he got into, there was a legend, and I don't know if it's true, that there was a game at Ralph Wilson Stadium and fans saw him sprinting across the highway uh, with his football gear to get to the game because he was running late. Oh, I so, know this one. Paul, all you've, right. you've absolutely picked. Yeah, I know, yeah. They, they, yeah. They, they, okay, awesome. what if I said, name the Bills' biggest draft bust of the last 20 years. Who would you say? Besides Aaron Maven. That's who I would this, say. This guy has the exact same Mike, name. As say, Mike I mean, Williams. I would say Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. Yes, this okay. was the receiver, um, Mike Williams. Receiver. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now I promise we're going to get back on the winning track. This is okay. Um, 2011. Bills cornerback blank out with hamstring injury. Coach Chan Gailey on Monday ruled out blank from playing this weekend against Oakland and says the players expected to miss a few weeks. Blank was hurt in a 41 to seven win at Kansas city on Sunday when he pulled up and held his left hamstring immediately following Leonard Pope's 15 yard catch. Uh, the former Northwestern state product was limited to nine games a year ago due to a nerve issue. Parents, which... McGee. Parents McGee. We're back on track guys. All right, here we go. R rallying up for uh, a 2010 my nerve issue. That's the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had he had a 10 year career with Buffalo Terrence McGee, and he, he but the last three he was injured just almost the Constantly. whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 2010 Bills linebacker blank to miss time with knee injury. Uh, we dodged a bolt there. Bills general manager buddy Nix told the team's website it's not a season ending injury. He won't need surgery. Uh, Blank looks like it'll be a couple to three weeks, said Coach Chan Gailey. Maybe not as serious as we thought it might have been, so that's our positive. I can't give you anything better than a couple to three weeks. Paul Puzlesny. Paul Puzlesny. See, now the momentum is carrying uh, through for us. They say that this is where the, the narrator comes in and says, it wasn't just three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
He actually did only miss three weeks that year. So, but yeah, he did. He that did. Time. He was. He was never really the same after that, though. Though he did make a Pro Bowl then with the Jaguars, and three years later. Mm-hmm. But so he got better eventually. All right, 2006. Uh, Bill Safety Blank out for season, placed on injured reserve. Blank was in his 15th NFL season and third with Buffalo. He switched from cornerback to safety in 2004 after he missed uh, nine George, games. George, um, no, the, the no, players' George. union guy. Did yes, uh, um, the executive Troy vice Vincent. president, Roy Vincent. Yes, Roy Vincent. Thank you. Wisconsin graduate, of course. So. Yes. All right, 2005. This will be a good memory test here. Bills Saints moved to blank. Detroit. Nope, that was no. the Bills Jets. This was. Bills uh, Jets. I'll give the first part of the at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. The Saints will be the home team against the Dolphins, Chicago Bears, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, and Carolina Panthers. In blank, the Bills, Falcons, and Lions will be the visitor. So you know it's not Baton Rouge, and you know it's not Detroit. Was it uh, the Orange Bowl? Nope, nope. Nope, they, they did keep it close to the state of Louisiana, although Florida's close to Louisiana, too. So yeah. Oh, was it? It was it Houston. You're 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 in the right state. Texas. Yeah, not a city with an NFL team, but a city that certainly has a population to uh, have one. No. Okay. So well, Dallas and Fort Worth are together. Right. Yeah. Houston yep, that's is also one. has one. San Antonio. San Antonio. There you go. I was going to say, if you think there was going to be some some critique there, since it's one of the think 20 largest cities in the country now yeah um, it's a very big city yep all right 2004 blank snaps 43 game streak the bill the uh blank made an interception the last bill safety to make an interception was Tavares tillman in the 2001 regular season now nearly three years later the streak has finally been snapped the bill stressed during the offseason they were going to create more turnovers on opening day they stole two from the jaguars this game, by the way, was a heartbreaking game where they lost on like a bomb as time, or they lost. There was a fourth and like twenty bomb that Clements I gave. I remember it, yeah. Passed in the end zone. I will give no uh, actual hints about this guy's football background. I am going to let you know that this guy has been an answer once before on this day in Bills headlines in October of 2020 uh, <laughs> during episode 248, and we titled that episode "Izzy Skittles." Izzy Skittles. Um, so who Dante is Dante Whitner? Nope, it's it's based on the name Izzy Skittles. Can you remember what the my hint to you was? Name similar to the yeah, it was the the Atlanta Atlanta um, mascot represented for the Olympics and uh, for a candy, a type of candy. Some Johnny Mars. <laughs> uh, we're gonna forget him again. His name is. Izel Reese. Izel Reese. Izel Reese. And by the way, there's a Facebook profile called Izzy Skittles Reese, which I have no doubt is a bot that trolled our podcast and came up with that name and then created a profile account because how the hell else would you come up with Izzy Skittles Reese? That's fantastic. Yes. I'm glad we're moving the market that way. After that game, (laughs) the Jacksonville game, I was very drunk and I was so angry that um, you guys would know Janae, but uh, listeners wouldn't. We didn't even say goodbye. We just both got up and left McFadden's, and I walked north for about two and a half hours until I <laughs> and calmed down. And then I had to call my girlfriend at the time and be like, I am here. 
you are from here, you have a car, please come get me because it is now dark and I am a and I believe I am on a highway. And she did. (laughs) And should have broke up with me right then, but um, didn't. And I'll leave it there. But I that is how I remember that game was I was so fucking angry and drunk. I just started walking north from Georgetown. And, and she stayed with you for like over a year after that. And then I had to work with her after you broke up. I had to work with her for like three years. Remember yeah. these things? But yeah. Nah, I, I mean, I moved on. I, you seem like you were very hung up on all of it. Yes, yeah, damn it, Frank. Come on. <laughs> that was the program. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that on another <laughs> podcast. But I just, I do remember that. Uh, like I was like in, I walked to a different state. We'll leave it there. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, good stuff. All right, I'm going to skip the 1998 one because it's a long hint and you'll never get this one. So we're going to go to 1996. Uh, Blank's appeal rejected. The NFL has rejected Blank's appeal of a $12,000 fine the Buffalo Bills linebacker received last season after a hit on Indianapolis quarterback Paul Justin. Blank, the defensive player of the year last year, was fined after knocking Justin from the game the third Bryce week. Pop. Of the season. Uh, yes, Bryce Pop. Very good. All right. Uh, last one, 1992, 30 years ago today, uh, bringing this up because it's, it's was at one time may still be Frank's favorite game. Uh, Bill's yes. offense outguns 49ers, uh, records tumbles, Kelly Young stage, stage air duel. Um, it will be remembered as much more than simply the Buffalo Bills second game of the 1992 regular season. It will be remembered as a game for the ages, an offensive orgy that found its way into several pages of the NFL record book. Uh, combined with the 70 degree, five degree heat of Calistic Park had a dizzying effect on the participants as well as the spectators. So this was the first game in NFL history without a single punt. Jim Kelly and the 49ers Steve Young became the third duo of NFL quarterbacks to throw for 400 yards in the same game uh, and the second to do so in regulation. And the 1,086 yard for both teams was the fourth highest total in league history at the time. So surprisingly, uh, says this article, two of Kelly's TDs were to blank including a 53-yarder on which the towering tight end displayed remarkable speed in beating safety Dana Hall to the goal line. Pete Metzelars. Pete Metzelars. That was an easy one for yeah. Frank. But it's good that we had an easy one because there were some struggles at the beginning. So There was. Uh, go back and watch that game if you can. It's on YouTube. Uh, the NFL posted on YouTube, so it's not going to be pulled down anytime soon. Uh, one of the most fun games you'll see, and that was this day in Bill's headlines for September 13th. We didn't remark that the Bills had are like three of the last five games they played had been, had no punts. It's they. Yeah. Oh, it did say it was actually three. Yeah, three of the last four, and I just saw today that that has not happened since they started tracking punts in punts. 1939. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, not quite as sterling as the the, the Patriots playoff game, but even still, pretty right. good. Um, a lot of interesting matchup matchups for for Bills fans in Week Two, and you get to watch some of them because the Bills don't play till Monday night. You got Chargers, Chiefs on Thursday, Patriots, Steelers, Jets, Browns, Dolphins, Ravens, all at one o'clock on Sunday. Um, and then, you know, there'll be some other stuff. I, I, and then, then the pesky Titans of Tennessee come to Buffalo <laughs> for a 7:15 kickoff on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Bills are currently favored by nine and a half to ten, depending on where you go. 10 is a lot of points. Uh, win cover and go under. That's what they're they're saying about the 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 thing. 
the uh, what's the the numbers? Forty nine and a half. So I think they must be thinking that the, the Titans aren't going to score. But the Titans, as we already noted, let the Giants back in the door. They're probably you know feeling it. They're probably not feeling very good about themselves. Want a little revenge, uh, you know. But they've got other games that are coming up that they can win. Probably not this one. Now we've said that before. The Titans have certainly showed up and and been pesky with the Bills. Um, with their last year, they were the first of uh, a couple of teams that ha- were run heavy and could really sort of manage the Bills in that regard, building off of the Pittsburgh model. But I don't know. If, I don't know if they have it this year. They're down a wide receiver. Um, you know, I think the Bills have probably been looking at the. I think when the name Titans comes up, the Bills probably have like a little little vein in their head that starts to pulse. And I really think that the, it's time for the bullshit to end with the Titans. <laughs> I, think, I think this is the year that the bullshit ends. Um, so, you know, I'm certainly going to take the Bills. I'll even take the over. I think the Bills will win by 10 or more. Um, I, I, I'll go ahead and I'll say I think the, the, the Bills will win. I think I'm excited to see uh, the, the pass rush kind of get there they didn't really give up a lot of rushing i know derrick henry is a different beast i think he will get his yards i don't think there's going to be a lot of ryan Tannehill uh keeping them in the games this time so i'm going to go ahead i'm going to say the bills are going to win this one 35 to 14 i think it's going to be an ass kicking and i think it's long overdue and scott hasn't had a chance to talk in a while so let scott go first and then paul you can finish up yeah i mean i i think yeah it's funny because yeah just a, a week changes a lot I mean, I think before the, before the, when we were doing the season preview, I was thinking the Bills would lose this game or the Ravens game. It seems like the Ravens game is the more likely one to lose based on the fact that Titans, again, losing to the Giants, who, you know, again, with Dayball, I think they're on the right track, but they've only been, you know, they're on the right, they're at, they just left the station on the right track. Um, they obviously gave up like 9.1 yards of carry to Saquon Barkley. Devin Singletary, not as good as Saquon Barkley, but healthy. But that does prove to me that the Titans' defense is not where it needs to be in general. Um, David Jones did not have a bad game. Um, 17-2, 188, two touchdowns, interception. QBR not great, passer rating better. But did enough to get the team in the end zone. You know, um, kind of go ahead. At least think it two times. Uh, yeah. Yeah, three touchdowns, just they failed on a two-point conversion. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so, uh, yeah, I think I think the Bills will win. I think uh, I think it will be good to, to kind of, yeah, put the, the Titans kind of ghost behind us. I don't know that it's going to blow out. I think it will be something along, you know, 37-21, you know, with the Titans maybe getting a garbage time touchdown. All right. I have this game a little closer than you guys, but I also have a Bills win. Uh, Tannehill was effective, as is, is, you know Scott had noted in, in the first game. Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry. Uh, the, I think the Bills will be motivated. There's only they're one of the Titans are one of only two teams the Bills have a two-game losing streak against. You guys can ruminate about the other while I you know go through my points here. Um, but yeah, I think the Bills are simply a better team. It's at it's at home. I think we can all overreact a bit. Everyone overreacts to week one. Uh, that's why it's called overreaction, you know, uh, Sunday every year. 
you could overreact how well the Bills play. You could overreact to the Titans losing at home to a team they probably shouldn't have lost at home to. But I think these teams are a bit closer than that. I think this is a bit of a back and forth game. I think Buffalo does just uh, picking the cowards uh, thing to barely cover here. I have them winning 28 to 17. Uh, Buffalo's a better team. They're at home. So I'm just going to be, you know, uh, be a pansy and, and pick that. Any thoughts on besides Tennessee? Who else the Bills have lost to twice in a row? I think it's got to be like an NFC team. It is an NFC team. None yeah. of the AFC teams currently have beaten Buffalo the last yeah. two times they played them. Um, I'll give you one guess each. They beat, they beat the Saints. Yep, Thanksgiving last year. How about the Eagles? Oh, Frank doesn't need this. Scott's name. We got to get a guess here. Oh, Frank just sorry. nails it right off the bat. The Philadelphia like, Eagles. They lost the Eagles. Yep, they lost in lost the Eagles in 2019 and 2015. Last beat them in 2011, the game that started the legend of Kiko Alonso. So the Eagles have won two straight, but that's it. Everyone else has only beaten the Bills the last time they played them, if that. So. Well, if you have beaten the Bills, you're free to text us about it, or not text us, but you could <laughs> tweet us and email us and all the good things. Uh, MNY Bills on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to come back next week on Tuesday or Wednesday, probably. We'll discuss, hopefully, a Bills uh, beating of the Titans. Paul and I are very happy to be wrong about the Bills yes. losing to the Rams. Um, you know, So that's good. And we'll uh, move forward from there. So hopefully another good game to talk about as we kick off the first of the next 300 podcasts that we've done. Thank you so much for listening. Um, really, we probably would have done this without you. Um, but it is nicer <laughs> that you are here. So, based on our listenership in the early years, we really were doing it without you. So, well, yeah. I mean, most of you, right? Most, like, yes. like, like six. But like, you know, we we like that there's a handful of people that seem to like our show. So that's good, and uh, we're happy that you're here and that we could provide for you. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Goodbye, everybody.